Hey guys, what's going on? It's John and Ryan here from No Holding Back, where we get you caught up on all the news and sports and highlights from this previous week. Uh, we had a huge week in the NFL, a lot of storylines and not so many upsets. Everything that we thought we were going to see ended up happening. But as we always said, we wanted to make sure that Everett Lee's guys stay healthy. And unfortunately, we lost a lot of big names this week. So we're going to go through what happened uh, over this past Sunday, Thursday and Monday from the week in the NFL. We're going to talk about the large uh, fight game that's about to come up with between Tyson Fury and the bronze bomber from down in Alabama. Hopefully that fight doesn't get wrecked. So, I mean, let's just start it off with the NFL, Ryan. I think this is something that we spoke about last week. We didn't really want it to happen, and we're starting to lose some of the star players in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, going down faster than a Deontay Wilder victim over here. <laughs> Look at you Drew playing Brees. up puns right now. Drew Brees, Big Ben, looks like Cam's hurt. Jets can't find a QB. So I, I guess let's start off with Big Ben, right? So you see his elbow start getting cranked, right? He's mm-hmm. warming out and it's just not going for him. Ends up and tore a couple ligaments or something like that in there. Yeah, they're talking about possibly Tommy John surgery, which is an insane recovery for any type of athlete that has involved throwing a ball. I mean, Pittsburgh says they're confident he's going to come back in 2020. Remember, Big Ben was, you know, contemplating retirement for a long time. So it should be kind of interesting to see what the Steelers do with Big Ben and his future moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it, might as well get right into it, too. They, they must have confidence in this kid, Rudolph. I mean, you're, you're down own to, right? And you're trading away a 2020 first now to get Mika Fitzpatrick from... Right. The tanking Dolphins. Well, if you look at it, the AFC, like we were saying, has lost a lot of QB talent, and a lot of teams are kind of really taking themselves out uh, out of the running. And I actually liked Mason Rudolph coming out of Oklahoma State when he was in the draft. It was a, basically a, a clone of Big Ben. Absolutely. Uh, so I. I he had a lot of flashes of like veteran poise that he, you know, was probably learning from under Ben over those years. And all they really need to do is is just kind of defend. Now they have a great young core with T.J. Watt. They have uh, Devin Bush, who they just drafted. Now they have Mink on the back end, and they can touch every single part of that defense. So you know, maybe they're going to try to win the way that they used to win, and then you know, just be serviceable with the running back and wide receiver. I mean, they, they have two of, of the better receiver and running backs in the league as well. So it's it's not like they don't have the weapons. And receiver, we've always seen them do it. It looks like that kid Washington's pretty damn good. Right. And as well, Deontay Johnson, he's been making spectacular catches. Now, if they could just keep off Moncrief off the field, where oh, he's God. volleyballing, setting interceptions to the other team, you know, I, I, I think – how, how can you even play that guy anymore? It's, it's perplexing, you know? I think Moncrief and Aguilar should go and do a volleyball camp together. That's what I think. <laughs> Thank God uh, you were – oh, my God. That was miserable. It just And you know what? I was busting your balls. I was saying, oh, no, he wouldn't have scored. He was so open on he, that pass. It was ridiculous. Nobody was touching him. It just reminded me of the kid from the Little Giants with the stick-em on his jersey, just like <laughs> hitting his chest. I'm like, just catch the goddamn ball. Oh, and it was right in stride in his hands. And for those of you who don't know, we're talking about Nelson Aguilar and the Eagles. Uh, came down, came back, and their one receiver was actually not hurt. And not a rookie was in there and just made one of the dumbest mistakes you could. I mean, he got scared. He got he got scared of Neil coming up on the safety. He just didn't really kind of, you know, he, he didn't said, know how far he away he was. It, lost it in the lights. Yeah. Okay. Dude, All and right. He hit you in the hands in stride. Yeah. As he's as he's looking to the safety, who's coming to try and hit him. I mean, just stop. I mean, but you know what? Since we're on the Eagles, I mean, that game. I, I mean, Lots really, injuries, all the right? like, a lot of injuries. You lose three receiving. Um, threats before the game even starts you lose uh well alshon right into it deshaun who's out for next week at least with abdomen and then you lose dallas goddard pregame with the with the calf injury so there goes 
they're, they're usually running 12 man sets. They don't have the backup tight end. So you're just with Ertz and then no receiver weapons. Like it, these other guys are forced to come in. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought it was pretty impressive that they were still in it as much as they did were. Right. And then they had their second defensive tackle now go down for the, right. for the season with uh, Timmy Erdogan. Yeah. I mean, the thing that scares me, I'm just, I, that, that offensive line has always been, you know, probably top three in the league for over the last like three or four years. Right. But he, I mean, Carson Wentz was getting hit in the pocket and well, he was getting, taking some big shots. Yeah. It's starting it, to worry it, me. Yeah. It was mostly Grady uh, beating up on Isaac Small, their guard. Right. Force. And then Kelsey took the, which should have been a concussion. Guy walked over to the other sideline, not knowing where, where he was, and didn't come out of the game. So, <laughs> good on him. Russian protocol, my ass in the NFL, right? Yeah, right, right. Jesus. But you know what? That was a good game. I like to see what the Falcons are doing. Obviously, Julio healthy is just on another level. That's why he got the, the money that he did. I mean, you just I, you just watch him hit that screen pass, and then Jake Matthews pulls out for the pancake block, and then he's just gone. Because I think there's only really two receivers in the league can do that. Julio, well, and then we saw it last night it, with Odell. It was Odell. really impressive to see Dan Quinn adapt, right? Because Eagles just started blitzing a lot because they didn't have that pressure on the line due to the injuries. So right. they adapted. Um, was it a fourth and three, I believe, with right. the screen right to Julio, and he just bossed it for the, the winner. And mm. then Eagles come back and should have scored the winner, but Aguilar right. can't differentiate between a light and a ball, so... There we are. Uh, moving on. So, so Drew Brees, right? Another yeah, this is another sad one. QB, yeah, with the thumb injury. And couldn't even grab the ball on the sidelines after he did it. He, he popped, mm-hmm. His thumb went right into Aaron Donald. Looked pretty bad, but didn't look terrible. Until you well, saw him not being able to grab the ball. And then he runs back on the sideline faking everybody out with his helmet and turns out he's just listening in to his microphone right. he's like seeing what's going on. You know, this one, this one, when you see the replay, you look at it and you're like, Oh, you know, it's probably the same as him, you know, hitting his fingers on the helmet or it's him, you know, just going through the normal motions of like a small quarterback in the NFL. But then when you can't grip the football, you know, you got some serious issues that this ligament injury is probably going to keep him out for, you know, four to six weeks that they're saying they're saying. And yeah, now after the bye week, uh, we right. think he'll be back around. Yeah. So now, I mean, you know what? You paid all that backup money for Teddy Bridgewater. You you gave up a second round pick to the Jets um, last year. I mean, this is where he's going to really make his money. And, you know, Sean Payton has done really well, you know, scheming and, you know, understanding the, the, the strengths and weaknesses of his quarterback. But it is worth noting, I can definitely, definitely see Taysom Hill coming in if Teddy Bridgewater kind of struggles a little bit in the first couple of games. Yeah. Which would be I, exciting. I mean, I don't even know if he gets the first couple. It might just be this first week. Then yeah. It might be that sort of release because, look, they're one and one now. Yeah. It, tough schedule so we'll see what happens i mean their their division isn't really that competitive i mean carolina is a dumpster fire you know they're going to just try and run christian mccaffrey into the ground cam newton's the most overrated player in the nfl the buccaneers have Jameis winston so we know how trash that is you're just walking around with a bunch of crab legs and then you know you, you the, the remaining teams is what the saints and then and then the falcons and then the, those two teams will do it out for the division that 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 division doesn't do it for me just as much as the afc east does it's just two divisions that just really don't hold any water to be perfectly honest. But I mean, the one thing that I that I, that we should really touch on is the fact that like these games are just boring. Like yeah. I, you know, the, the only thing that was really exciting was you know, Patrick Mahomes throwing for four touchdowns in a quarter. Unreal. Like like you know, no big deal. <laughs> because it was what they were they went 22 straight games. I believe it was where they scored at least a point in the first quarter. So that streak broke against Oakland. And then he comes out and he's like, all right, fuck that record. I'm just going to throw 21, 28 points in the second quarter. (laughs) 
Uh, I would have loved to have Gruden Mike up for that one. Yeah. <laughs> After the first half, man, he had to be scratching his head. No one did I not know. there. Yeah. So, wait. So, I was thinking about this the other day. So, they were saying that this was going to be the – that was the last game that Oakland was going to have without, like, the dirt infield because um, by the time they go back home, the World Series will be over just in case the A's do make it to the World Series. They'll no longer be playing on that dirt infield. How great would it be if they go to Vegas and, like, the whole thing is turf, but they have, like, the etched-out baseball field, like, <laughs> in the turf, just like just awesome. as, like, an old homage to, to the Coliseum. I just feel like that would just be, like, just, like, a, you know, the onus to, to the autumn wind and the Raiders fans from back in Oakland. Yeah, that, that field looked horrendous yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, it, that's why they're moving to Vegas. I mean, the city doesn't want to put up any money. Obviously, you know, the city doesn't really have much money to put up. It is what it is. You got to just kind of take it with, you know, with a grain of salt or a grain of sand, as they speak. <laughs> you agree. Uh, yeah. So let's look at um, a couple of games where we were just talking about the Saints game, who I don't understand why the NFL continues to put terrible referee crews on Saints Rams game. Another blown call that uh, the fumble return for a touchdown that they blew dead would have been a huge momentum shift in a game changer, which ended up sealing it for the Rams. And then we go and we look at the Bears Broncos game and the late hit, apparently, that Bradley Chubb ends up putting on um, Mitchell Trubisky, which is like a crock of shit, gets them 15 yards and their kicker could finally actually make it field goal kick like when are we going to stop like putting these the these referees and these like game defining calls like it's a little ridiculous yeah and i'm really not a fan of being able to challenge the pass interference either it's just not working out it's really slowing down the games it's and you know what they're not even making a good like precedence on what is like clear and could be overturned and what's not it's too much of a judgment call now you have to tell them oh you're wrong or it's too much thinking involved look nfl has always been great because there's plays you're not going to catch every play right so it's it's what it is just let it go everybody accepts it but now once you start putting in these um you know like little black and white calls or throwing everything up for interpretation like that and slowing down the game or slowing down the flow well it's just not that with the NFL, man. Just let it go. It could be made up, but right. I mean, if they're gonna do it, they should just, you know, I think they should have just kept it in the hands of the referees within like the end of the two minutes of each half. So yeah. you know, they or, do it like the NBA does. Yeah, or have somebody can. in the studio watching all these plays, like right. Come on. Right, and then they started, uh, who was on, I, I don't know if it was ESPN or NBC or whoever, but they ended up going inside the the booth review and, you know, New York City of how they overturn and overturn cars. It's like, what, are you trying to make a point of, like, this is the 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 strenuous uh, work that they have to do to fucking overturn a call? I know whether it's a catch or not before I even see the second replay, and these guys got to wait this long to overturn or, or make a call stand? It's ridiculous. Seriously, just turn into John at the sports bar. He'll give you yeah. a call. He'll yeah. talk to his Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob will give thumbs up or down. We'll be with it. Instead of these assholes having a slice of pie and fucking a beer in the booth. Like yeah, it's, and it's fu- yeah, and that's all I got to really look forward to now that you know my team's got fucking mono. We're losing quarterbacks <laughs> left and right. I got nothing else better to do than fucking watch these zebras end up fucking her- blowing these horrendous yeah, calls. So what is up with Darnold is... uh. Sanchez giving the old college ropes like so you know what I the myth him playing beer pong out in New Jersey and it sounds like Darnold's now playing something in heaven with some sweet 18 year olds this is what this is just like a typical like Jets thing I mean like you know we we all talk about how the team is cursed and everyone's like oh blah 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 look at the Browns look at all these teams that you know haven't gotten fuck that Joe Namath, the biggest playboy in probably sports. Then Mark Sanchez, who is a committed sex addict, running <laughs> around New York. Okay, none of those guys ended up getting model mono, excuse me. But Sam Donald, who apparently is all ball, strawberry blonde hair, isn't isn't like the most attractive human being in the world. He fucking gets mono. It and that that it's just like sick. <laughs> it's sick. Wild. 
But you know what? I was at the game on I was at the game last night, and one one or two things two things are apparent. One, Le'Veon Bell may be the best player in football, and that's not even being a homer. I mean, he touched the ball 31 times. He stacked the box with nine guys every time. He rushed for 100 yards, had 10 receptions. It's he's probably the most dynamic player in football. You could throw McCaffrey, Gurley. Yeah, Someone someone's trying to bring up an article the other day. I forget where I read it, but it was saying um, Kamara and even McCaffrey, like the receiving thread and how that could be the value and all. Like, look, Le'Veon Bell is the one who's always done it, and then everybody bitched about when he tried to get a new contract. He, he's so different than all these other players. He his routes are crisp, and his hands are amazing. Right. And he's and- soft. And you know what? He and because of the pass protection was so like unbelievably bad yesterday. He was throwing a um, many crack blocks, just like knocking linebackers off their ass. And that's something that doesn't end up in the stat sheet, you know. But um, the game is was bad. The Jets, I think, had minus thirteen yards passing in the first half. Um, the one thing that I just want to bring up about the Browns, I mean, besides the eighty-nine yard play to Odell. They didn't look good at all. No, Darnold's, I mean, I, I don't know what to chalk it up as, right? Week, week one, uh, they played uh, the Titans, who had a great scheme for uh, for Baker, right? right? And then you have his old defensive coach who knew, knows his ins and outs. So I don't know if it's that or teams have Baker figured out. I'm I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway, but not much. I'm not giving him any leeway because they were getting hyped to be, you know, you got Nate Burleson saying that they're going to the Super Bowl and NFL Network. We got Max Kellerman thinking that, you know, the next uh, greatest show on turf. Like, stop. You know what? They, what? they are supposed to beat the Jets last night. They are supposed. They were supposed to beat the Titans, and they laid an egg. Let's see when they get into next week, where they end up playing. I believe it's the Rams, which is a Sunday night game. I believe that's going to be a good test to see where they're at. Yeah, but, at home too, so you have no excuses. Right. Exactly. And exactly. Rams just got out of a tough game with the Saints. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I think that really kind of covers, you know, all the highlight games. I think the one thing that everybody is sleeping on is the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo looked like Jimmy Garoppolo that they paid all that money to yesterday, last year. I mean, granted, it was against the Bengals, but the Bengals took the— Yeah, they still haven't played anybody, the 49ers. Yeah, but you know what? They they played a rookie coach, a rookie QB. Now they're playing the Bengals, who are all sleeping. So— Listen, you can't help who you play. That's always yeah, the big well, the big rule. But you know what? We'll, we'll see what happens this week, right? When the Steelers come to town. Exactly. New look defense and what Rudolph can do. All right, let's get into the picks. Enough of okay. us procrastinating and bullshitting like old ladies. Hey. Uh, that's what I live <laughs> so Why do you think we started a podcast? So we could bitch complain and people can fucking listen to us. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna sit here and bitch all I want. Uh, yeah, come so on now. Ja- J- Jags Titans, right? Right. So we have the Titans at the Jaguars. Titans are laying two and a half. So we got the home dogs and the Jags. Taking the Jags. Fuck. So am I. No, I'm I'm all about the Gardner Minshew fucking porn stash. Dude, but you when, know what? When you have a guy working on just his jack strap and that mustache in the locker room, like. I'm sold. You know what? The thing is going to be very interesting is that um, whether the Jags end up trading uh, Ramsey by then. Well, what came out was... The Chiefs, right? Well, not even that. What, What I was alluding to was he requested the trade internally, and the Jags apparently leaked it. So he didn't oh. want it to get out. So that is not good for the team and the way things are going. So, Especially with the blow-up with Marone on the bench. Right. And we, we don't know what the interpretation is of the players and all. Granny was sitting down trying to get away. So that right. could have just been that, or you don't know how that is. Um, right. 
if, if I'm maroon, I'm making amends pretty fucking quick and yeah. hurt. I mean, 24-year-old Pro Bowl cornerback, probably the best corner in football. He's just got an attitude problem. That's that's really about it. But, so do a lot yeah. of the good cornerbacks. That have attitude problems. I agree. Yeah. All right, moving on. There's recent Josh Norman. Yeah, well, he's a fucking scrub. Well, now he is. Yeah. Uh, all right, so next one. Broncos at Packers. Broncos are getting plus seven. And it's at Lambo. At Lambo, I'm go- I'm going with the Packers lane seven. Even though I haven't been that impressed with the offense, I've been very impressed with their defense. And Absolutely. I-, I don't think the the Broncos are putting up many points on them. Yeah, I'm going with the Pack two, uh, plus seven. The only way I could see the Broncos pulling this one out is if, I mean, the the one area that the, the Green Bay Packers have a problem with is defending the run. So if they, you know, if the Broncos decide, hey, they're going to keep Lindsey instead of fucking Royce Freeman running the football, they may have a chance. But uh, I don't, I do not see it personally. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, next one for a game I'll be at. Lions plus seven and a half at the Eagles. So by faction of me being there and being a homer, I'm going to have to go with the Eagles. Okay, just, just to... Just to put a little entertaining spin on this, seven and a half. I'm going to go with the Lions. I don't, I don't think the I don't think the Eagles are going to be that healthy from a wide receiving core perspective. And you know what? I just want to make this a little bit of it more of an interesting weekend, so we can go back and forth in regard because we all know we don't like agreeing with each other. So no, so it'll it'll be interesting to see what they scheme up. I mean, they're going to have to come up with something. And yeah. get some fucking protection for Wentz because that was not good, and he's not going to last the season like that. All right, all right, all right. Chiefs Ravens six and a half. Yeah, six and a half uh, to the Ravens at the Chiefs. Um, who you got? So I think this is going to be the game where we see whether Lamar Jackson is legit or not. Um, six and a half points. You know what? I'm going to take the Ravens on this one uh, with with the points. I think that um, the game is going to be close throughout. I think the Ravens have a, a defense that can try and slow the Chiefs down. And I believe last year they went toe-to-toe and they the Chiefs pulled it out in overtime, I believe. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. All right. I... I'm going to go with Mr. Magic Man, Mahomes. Okay. That's what you got to uh, do. I mean, the Ravens' defense did give Mahomes trouble last year. They were one of the few defenses that actually did give him trouble last year. I just think, when, when you're dealing with a guy who could put up 28 points in a quarter, what's the spread? Yeah, I mean... I'm, but we'll I... see. It, it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be... A pretty That's, good game. That should be a good game. Tell I'm where each team's at. I mean, the Brahminer hasn't been set yet for the Ravens, given their two cupcake uh, right. opening matchups. But this is a real test, and I, it, they're just saying they'll probably be up for it, but I'm just going with the Chiefs. So, mm. All right, moving on. Bengals at the Bills. This might be the biggest spread Bills have laid in years. Laying six points. Against the Bengals. At home, Bills At Mafia. Home. And okay. you know what? I'm going with the Mafia. I'm going to take them laying the points. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't know whether I want them to win or lose because uh, obviously New England is going to beat the Jets this week. Uh, but it would be very interesting that the Bills and the Patriots going into Week Four, three and three, a uh, three and zero. Oh. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with the Bengals with the six points. I think that they had a good showing against the Seahawks. I think they had a pretty poor showing against uh, the Niners just because of all the turnovers and Joe Mixon wasn't healthy. And, you know, the, the Bills had, let's be honest, you know, they had a sick Sam Darnold, and then they played, like, a, just a depleted 
Giants team. So this, I think this could be an interesting test. Definitely will be. Um, we'll see. Falcons getting three at the Colts. Oh, I'm taking the Falcons all day. Are you? Yeah. All right. We're I mean, I like. Men. Yeah, I, I like Jacoby Brissett, but. I like Brissett. Um, they need to figure out this kicker situation. Vinatieri seems like he's playing one more more week before retiring. Yeah. Uh, he's been atrocious, which is a damn shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I I really like the Colts defense, and I think they could put up points. Uh, yeah, so I'm going with the Colts at home. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So Colts at home. With the, with Darius Leonard maybe out with a concussion too, it could change the whole defense. Yes, it very well could. All right, Raiders Vikings. Yeah. Seven and a half points. Vikings are getting uh, giving seven and a half to the Raiders. I'm going with the Raiders. I'm knocking on that wood for them, man. <laughs> they they've been in games, man. So I am also going with the Raiders here. Okay, we got the Raiders. Both of us knocking on wood for Gruden. All right, so They've been we chipping away, chipping away. Okay, so here is the the Jets Patriots. Now, this line moved from seventeen and a half before the game started last night to I believe it's twenty two and a half now. Uh twenty three. I I've even seen. Okay, so uh, no, I don't believe any team. Since I believe it was 1960, has lost against a three touchdown spread. So I also know that it's very difficult to bet against the Patriots, as we've seen in previous episodes of this right. show. And their defense is it's blanked Miami professional yeah. team, no and they, garbage time points. And they made the Steelers' defense look like uh, the Steelers' offense look just mundane and just withered so but i can't have the patriots running up the score on my jets like that so i am going to go with the jets and you know what i'm going for history so come right against you with the patriots all right fuck you and your history (laughs) all right and i really and i really really, the fucking patriots would stop sending history because it's not a damn good thing mm -hmm. tired of it already but I'm not the one to go against them here, so. Oh, man, I fucking hate it. All right, this game, Dolphins-Cowboys at home. Yeah, I, I think this like, is say. the most – if I read it right, I think I was reading this is the most points the Cowboys have laid, right? Laying 20-and-a-half to the Dolphins, who who the fuck knows what's going on. Hmm. Um, I, You're thinking about here. this. You're uh, really thinking about this. Yeah, I'm going Cowboys. Like the the Dolphins have scored three points in two games. Yeah. How many people do you think are out there teasing the? Everybody. Cowboys? Everybody. I had bets. I had bets in before I left the stadium last night. Before everyone was getting on the train going back to the city, <laughs> those 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 bets those bets were flying in. Speaking of, this is probably one of the bets of the week, though. Giants at Buccaneers. Giants getting six points. Giant, yeah. And Dan, uh, Daniel Dan, Jones, yeah. yeah. As the Giants like to call him, and you know what? <laughs> I don't think he has it. I'm going with the Bucks. All right, I'm going with the G-Men just because I know it's going to get you very all excited if he ends up having a good game. <laughs> it will get me nice and flustered, but you know what? I'll revert back to it's the goddamn box, though. So. Yeah, exactly. All right, so now this is an interesting game, too. Panthers are actually uh, getting three and a half points. Am I reading that right? No, Panthers are laying three and a half. Panthers are laying three and a half. Okay. Yeah, so Cardinals are the home dog, getting uh, three and a half points, which the line's already moved on that, too. It's came into one and a half. Well, really, even with Cam Newton potentially being out, I guess that makes sense. 
that's why it came in. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, see, this is my problem. The Cardinals ended up, you know, if if th- if they thought every quarter was like the fourth quarter, they'd be actually a pretty exciting team to watch. Uh, again, I don't know who the backup quarterback is for uh, the Panthers. The Panthers backup quarterback is probably better than their current starting quarterback. So regardless of whether Cam Newton is playing or not, I'm going with the Cardinals regardless. And then to get the Cardinals their uh, their first win of the Kingsbury Murray era. I am also with you going with the Cardinals. So not much exciting there. And they just put up so many garbage time points. And it's not like the Panthers defense has impressed me that much. Their offense is stagnant, especially without Cam. They're going to be if he if he doesn't play, they're going to be struggling. If he does play, they're still going to be struggling. Still be struggling. So. Come on now, don't give him any reprieve. <laughs> All right, uh, what's what's up next? We have the Saints visiting the Seahawks. Breezeless Saints getting four and a half. Uh, traveling up to Seattle. Seattle up and down game against. Uh, the Steelers, Saints, uh, were struggling with Teddy, Teddy KGB, but got a week to game plan that, but you're traveling to the West Coast. So, you know what? I, I'm still going to go with the Saints here. I, I think this is a big game for them. Like, you might not think so, but I, I, I think it is. I don't think they want to go down one and two. After right. right in with the Rams, and I, I think the Rams are a much better team than the Seahawks. So, I, you know, I wonder if they're staying out there though. It, back-to-back road games usually that's tough, especially on the West Coast. Yeah, they could be. Uh, with that being said, you know, I know, I know you have a problem with Russell Wilson, and I know you have a love for Teddy KGB from Rounders, but I'm gonna have to go with the Hawks. I just you feel know, that they history's on your side. Uh, I mean, in perspective. And if I remember correctly, the last time the Saints played a game at the Link was, I believe, Beastquake. So I'm sure if I could put a prop bet on how many times the Beastquake play is showed between now. And that game, <laughs> I'm going to put it o- over under at least four times. Yeah, you know ESPN's queuing that up on replay. By the oh, way, yeah. how about primetime coming back out with Berman? Did you catch that the other day? No. Oh, you got to check it out. What is this? Um, Elaborate. Old school, 45 minutes, no commercials because it's on ESPN Plus. Just Berman yeah. and uh, old Tommy boy just. Jackson. Oh, like at like uh, what do they used to do? The prime time. Yeah, that that's, that's, what, that's what's back, but no commercials. So it's pure forty-five minutes of unadulterated bliss. Oh, that's perfect. I just got an ESPN Plus account too to watch that fight that just happened on Saturday. So I may need to check that out. I think you do. Yeah, you know we all love sports commentators that like groping groping women. That must be a thing that. Uh, <laughs> That Disney really loves putting out there. Hey, they're all for the kids, right? They're all for the kids. At least they're old for age. <laughs> all right. Uh, now we got one of the one of the one of the um, big games between the Chargers and the Texans. Right. The Chargers laid an egg last week. You know they have their own kicking problems. Uh, the Texans look good until they don't. They still need to figure out how they're going to protect Deshaun Watson. Laramie Tunsil's getting banged up over on the left side. I remember he ended up getting hurt in the last game. Yeah. Uh, but I think... Uh, and you know what? The problem that I have with the Texans is that they are a terrible defense when it comes to, to playing the screen. And I think the Chargers run the screen pass more than anybody in the league. Austin Eckler's been on fire. Jackson's been on fire. I think I'm going to take the Chargers in this one at home. Yeah, I'm also going with the Chargers. So, uneventful there. Um, but like you said, I, I just think their the defense is pretty stout. I, I think that line's going to get a lot of pressure on um, 
on the Texans and just make a nightmare for them. So they, I don't see it going well for the Texans, but who knows? We, we saw the Lions just beat the Chargers, so obviously anything can happen. That but. is true. That is true. All right, speaking of anything that happened, Steelers, 49ers. Yeah. Lions in at six and a half. It is six and a half. And, and you know what? I love this as a money line play. I'm going oh, with do Steelers. you? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I, oh, you know what? I think the Steelers may need another week to, for Mason Rudolph. So I'm going to go with the Niners. But I really just hope that it's a just a uh, an offensive onslaught because we need Juju and James Conner for our Dynasty League. We'll see. But, I, I mean, I think Minka might bring some energy, much needed energy into the locker room, get that D spruced up. Um, might take him a little bit to learn some of it, the different schemes and plays, but you're talking about a solid player getting right in, and they need him now. You don't want to go down 0 and 3. Tough. Oh, wait. Even. Wait, the Steelers are getting 6.5? Yeah. Is that what I'm reading correctly? You know what? I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think they keep that game close. All right. Now, All right. Sunday night game of the week. Rams. Rams laying Fuck three the versus the Browns. Yeah, I'm not fucking around either. Just going Rams. That's, that's not even a thought right there. Fuck the Browns. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bears skins. I don't know. We we were talking about this before the season started, whether we thought uh, – what's his name? Mitch Mitchell Trubisky is a uh, is a good quarterback. I think Trubisky? the jury's still – yeah, I think the jury's still out. The Redskins, you know, they're kind of in every game. They just really can't close. I mean, they look like they were getting blown out by the Cowboys last week, and they just put up 21 points. As long as they target Scary Terry and they get AP running the football the way that he does, I think I'm going to go with the Skins to cover. I also put the Skins. I I think this – I would be looking out for the under on this or what it is. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Yeah. Just these these teams don't have too much offensively. They're they're all rooted in defense, and right. these two QBs can struggle mightily. So, mm-hmm. but I'm also going with the skins here. So, okay, all right. So I mean, we got a we got a good uh, set of picks here. I think we agree on some, but disagree on most, which is you know par for the course when we when we get together to make our picks and predictions. Right. But. Um, Besides football, though, one of the one of the big things that everybody has been tracking recently has been kind of this kind of resurgence of what's been going on in the heavyweight boxing division. And not many people, you know, you could probably if any of your listeners, you could probably ask, you know, your father about uh, what it was like to be like the heavyweight champion of the world walking around in the U.S. And just based on some of the videos that we've seen with. Uh, Ruiz just walking around Manhattan. The guy is just bringing in tons of followers, regardless of you know what nationality he is. And we have probably three or four guys in that division that can really, really drop him. So one of my my personal favorites and who I think is probably the best heavyweight fighter out of the four of them is Tyson Fury, who ended up embracing the Mexican heritage on his five and a half minute walkout. <laughs> Which was just like insane, and um, too much, man. you know what? It, God bless him because you know he, the, all the struggles. They were showing some of the videos. He was four hundred and thirty-five pounds. So, so a little bit of background on why he did that is that's Mexican Independence Day weekend. Traditionally, right. they've always had um, with Chavez starting it off, and then De La Hoya. Once De La Hoya beat him, he took it over, and then Canelo fought actually. Uh, Money Mayweather on that day as well, and right. it was Canelo's day, and then Canelo and Oscar haven't been seen eye to eye. Oscar De La Hoya, who's in charge of his promotion with Golden Boy, who Canelo signed with, so they couldn't get the fight on the books. I know Canelo is pretty uh, peeved about that, so <laughs> leave it to Tyson to take that date and dress up as the. I forget what his nickname was, but it was great. He was making people call him this uh, elusive Mexican nickname, and it was really good. But 
I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, oh, it was so funny. I just remember he was just coming in and... Oh, fuck. He came in with like a mariachi band, right? Mariachi band. The girl was singing. He was like coming in on a float or something like that. Um, you know, I, every, as everyone knows, he his nickname is the Gypsy King. Obviously, he's a gypsy uh, from the UK. And um, he's just something else. And, oh, he wanted to be called El Rey Giantano. Which sounds like more Italian than Spanish, but but maybe that's the way that I pronounced it. Who the fuck yeah, knows? Could be the gypsy. Yeah, that's what it is. Whatever the fuck it is. But I thought it was great. I mean, you know, these this these it's an entertainment business, which is what he says all the time. But the big the big issue was, you know, he ends up taking a punch off of the off of I believe it was his right eye. Yeah. And. Oh my God! That thing split like crazy. I mean, Wallen going in—he uh, was a guy who nobody really gave much mind to. Big underdog, um, and it's usually Tyson giving other boxers uh, problems with the matchup. How how quirky is? Uh, just very unorthodox. But man, fighting that lefty really seemed to throw him off and out of rhythm. I, I, know, I know he won on scorecards pretty decisively, but it, it seemed a lot closer to me and was very scary uh, watching the fight that we might get that stoppage. And, yeah. Man, that would have thrown a wrench in the plans. But you know what? I think that the the cut that ended up, uh, you know, just, you know, pulling blood out of, out of Fury's, uh, you know, basically his eyelid, I think that actually ended up hurting Wallen, right? Because... He just kept on focusing on that instead of doing what he was doing in the in the first three rounds where he was trying to get inside of Fury right. because he knew that he didn't have the length advantage, obviously didn't have the height advantage, and was just trying to work the body. Once he opened up that cut, his corner, and now remember who, I forget who who's in uh, Allen's corner. I believe he is one of... I forget his name, but I think he's probably has the worst knockout in like boxing history. Uh, shit, I forget who, what his name is. But anyway, he was just telling him, go for the cut, go for the gut, go for the cut. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you know what? That's not probably what you want to do. I think you want to stick to the game plan like that never happened. Yeah, and then he was throwing himself off. He was getting a little dirty. He was trying to throw his thumb into it. I'm yeah, like, I saw that. 100% behind you. But then I, I loved how Fury counteracted it. And tradition for the Mexican Independence Day started fighting like a Mexican fighter, getting in the booth and doing the dirty work, fighting from in close, which is super impressive for a guy his size. You know, due to 6'9", coming in, fighting in uh, close contact like that and winning the exchanges. So he did what he had to do, protected the eye and moved on with the victory. It wasn't pretty, but he got it done. Right. I mean... I did kind of like uh, him kind of like trying to finger the finger the cut, though. Like yeah. It was just like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, that, that stuff that always happens. And, like, you always see that stuff going on. And, you know, I don't like anyone proclaiming that it's like, you know, this buddy-buddy type of sport. Like, that shit, that, that shit always used to happen. And that's just how it is. But yeah, it was good. But, but if you're going to beat somebody like that, beat them, right? Because you have Oh, no, obviously. And you're changing it. Like you said, you change the mindset. You change a lot of things by going after that dirty play. So. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, this kind of sets the table. Now, Wilder fights Ortiz, who Ortiz had him in bad shape the last time they fought. Now, they're fighting again in November. Yeah. And this is the first fight before... Wilder is supposed to fight him, I believe, in end of February. So right, that's a tentative date that's been thrown out there. Yeah, he has, he has to take care of business, man. Um, I know Ortiz is pretty old. We, we don't know his real age, forty mm. something. Well, Ortiz year. knocked him down, didn't he? Yeah, had him in trouble. Was a really very crisp boxer, very sound, and yeah. put him in some trouble um, until that one hand KO power, man. Right. Uh, I mean. 
for the for the listeners that don't really follow boxing that much, I mean the the Wilder is just like he you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of like George Foreman back in the day. Just just fucking wields punches. Not like a great boxer, but he's just got a lot of power. You know who he is? He's Mike in Super Mike Punch Out. He just drain all your yeah power yeah 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 exactly exactly. <laughs> you just can't fucking get hit by it. <laughs> Or, or what is it, uh, for all like you uh, the guys that like played Nintendo back in the day and played Super Smash Brothers, he's like Captain Falcon. You know, he just, he's, <laughs> that Falcon punch, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, that's going to be a good fight. And then the Ruiz-Joshua fight, which is in fucking Saudi Arabia, for God right. knows what reason. Uh, uh, it could be a lot of things, right? It could be the big money grab. I, I know... Zone wasn't going to pay that money coming back if they weren't going to fight it in the States. And they're, they're talking about then Ruiz wanted it on neutral, right? So instead of going to Madison Square again, they got someone who could pony up a lot of money in Saudi, right? So he's probably making 40 some mil or something, some crazy number. But what's that infers to me is he might be taking this check and running. Who? Ruiz? Uh, Joshua. Oh, maybe. I mean, what does what Andre Ward call him? A fucking Instagram fighter? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, you guys look it up. You Just look at what Andy jo- Anthony Joshua, he does. He looks like a fucking model, not a not a boxer. And, yeah, you know, the he's... only thing that scares me is Ruiz has been out enjoying the life as late as he should. But he, you got to come to fight. He's not going to beat himself, so... You got to get in there and do it again. So yeah, we'll, no, we'll I agree. Happens. I agree. I agree with that. We'll see what happens. It should be fun. They, they got those fights almost basically like back to back to back. So, uh, you know, it's going to be very, very entertaining. Uh, but yeah. maybe not. But, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll we watch it with some college football. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably just game day. Same time it'll be starting. Probably, most likely. Uh. Yeah, I mean, but then going into this Friday night, so a fighter that I've been following closely in Devin Haney. So this kid is unreal. He's only 20 years old, um, Mm. didn't go the full amateur track, kind of steered away, and he has 20-some professional fights. This kid has the quickness and the power that you don't see often from a lightweight fighter. So lightweight being 135, this kid has that power snap jab, defensive style. It's just so crisp, so clean. And then what's his last name? Haney. With an H. With an H. Um, yeah, Devin Haney. So this kid's very fun. If you haven't seen him, go check him out. They've been praising up Shakur Stevenson, but this is the kid who I think is the next real thing. He's really fun, has power in his hands, um, and now he has the challenger spot by winning on Friday night. He has the challenger spot to, uh, for the w- WBC belt, so he could face Lomo if he would like to. And they fucking should. Just, they should just make sure that they fight everybody that they're supposed to fight. Yeah, it'd be a tough fight for him. He's very young. Uh, Lomo has a lot of experience, but I'd love to see it. Well, you're supposed to take these fights when you're young. Yeah, why not? You can overcome it. Look at uh, Canelo. He's done just fine for himself after fighting uh, Mayweather early on. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he got he got paid for that fight, too, so. True. Yeah. But he but see, Mayweather picked that fight and knew that he was going to beat him because how young Canelo was. As, as he did every fight. Yeah. Mayweather's never yeah. fought anybody yeah. at the right time. Yeah, but boy, is he good. So, all right. I mean, oh, what is else? this? So I was just looking up your boy, uh, Devin Haney, uh-huh. and apparently he was saying that uh, Lomachenko does not want to fight Devin Haney. Ooh. Which I mean, Lomachenko could be one of the one of the better. He's probably top five pound for pound fighter in, in the world. Absolutely. I mean, uh, if I'm him, you have to take that fight. But, you know, with the promoters and everything that goes into it, like, you know, we won't see that fight for another three years. But 
fuck it. You know what? You're supposed to call out guys like that. You're supposed to go and try and take out the best. That's what this game's supposed to be about. That's why everyone loves fucking Nate Diaz in the UFC. He's like, yeah, I don't fucking fight anybody because nobody in this business has any balls. And nobody, they're creating a goddamn belt for him to fight in Madison Square Garden <laughs> against what's his name. Like the badass motherfucker belt. It's going to say that on the front of the fucking thing. Uh, that's too good. Um, yeah, that's for Sandoval in New York City. So that that would be a great fight at the Garden. Uh, both guys who give no fucks. So you're talking about a guy who came up fighting with chemo in uh, backyard street fights. And then another guy who's just fighting on the, in the streets of California. He, which also I found pretty interesting. Andre Ward used to uh, box with Nate when he would go. Uh, yeah, training and all before his fights. So yeah, tells you something about his hands. So pretty good. And his but jaw. I, I I I really like the way the new environment has gotten for boxing. I I think the zone has opened up a lot of things. All these pay uh, to see and and there could be a lot of quality fights out there. We'll see if they get it right. Hopefully they do and continue putting these. You know what? They can make a lot of solid cards. Uh, and you're not having just waiting for the main event, right? So yeah. you don't need the headliners, right. but you can have these young and up and coming kids and just solid fighters on the whole card, and people will watch, man. Yeah, and I think the last thing that they need to do is uh, get rid of all these goddamn belts. Just have one belt. That's the one thing that the UFC does right. I mean, I'm just tired of having to deal with perfect example like the lineal belt is with Fury, and then uh, <laughs> and the three belts are with Ruiz, and then. Wilder, Wilder has one. It's like fuck. It's you. Who gives a shit? Like you should have <laughs> just one fucking belt. There should be yeah. no reason why you should have multiple belts. That's like giving out second place trophies. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week. As always, hit us up. We'll answer any questions you guys want to chime in, rip our picks, talk about fighting, whatever you want. Make fun of yeah. mono QBs. Who knows? I actually actually just got a text message from one of the guys who listens to our show and was asking if we should have a if we should have the conversation about uh, who is a better wide receiver for Tom Brady, Randy Moss in 07, or Antonio Brown now. The question really doesn't hold any water because Antonio Brown's probably not going to play again. <laughs> but we also don't want to hold any time to this podcast to Antonio Brown and his bullshit antics. So, Matt, if you're fucking listening, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> do better. Yeah, do better than that. <laughs> Tidy soft-ass questions. <laughs> all right, we're out. All right, thank you all for listening. As, as always, this is no holding back. Thank you for listening. Have a good one and enjoy the games this weekend.